As you think about all the needs that you might have in your life at this time, what would you say is your greatest need? In other words, if you were praying to God and said, God, more than anything else, I need you to do this, what would that be? For some of you, you might say, my greatest need is peace. I just don't have the peace in my heart that I wish I had. Others might say, my greatest need is companionship. I just feel so very lonely. Others might say, my greatest need is to be loved. I just don't feel anybody uh, loves me, and I feel so very isolated as a result of that. Some might say, my greatest need is forgiveness because I have this terrible guilt over sins that I've committed in my life, and it just uh, eats me away from the inside out. And so some might say, your greatest need is, is for forgiveness. Well, those needs are all legitimate. And all of us have the need for those things in our lives. But today, I want us to think about a different need that you might have in your life. In fact, the thing that we're going to be thinking about today very well could relate to one of those other areas, and that is the need that we often have for deliverance. Deliverance. Now, there's a word that you don't hear preached about very much, or maybe you've not heard that word in a long time, but I want to say to you today that God is a delivering God, and whoever you are and whatever you may be facing, I can assure you on the authority of God's Word that He has the power to deliver you from whatever it is that you might be going through. My name's John Redmond, and I'm the Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And today on Peace by Believing, we're going to be airing a sermon that I preached some time back here in our church in Pasadena. On Sunday nights now, we have what we're calling a prayer and praise service, where we have an extended period of time to pray, to seek the Lord, and to praise Him. And before we get into that part of our service, we have a, a short, abbreviated sermon. And on this particular night, I preach this sermon. And I'm praying that today, as you listen to this message, whatever you might need to be delivered from, I'm praying that God will do it. And I'm praying that God might deliver you even before this program is over. I want to give you a sentence tonight, and I want you to fill in the blank of this sentence. Here, here's the sentence. Our God is a blank God. Now, just think about it. Somebody has said awesome from the back. That's a great word. Our God is an awesome God. What other word? Some, somebody might say, if I were going to fill that in, I would say our God is a loving God. That'd be accurate. Our God is a forgiving God. Aren't we glad for that? Aren't we glad for that? <laughs> the three of us who sinned last week, aren't we glad for that? That our God is a forgiving God. I think we could say our God is a kind God because He is. We could say our God is a patient God because He is. And the Scriptures teach that God is patient and He's long-suffering. But did you know there's a word that we could put in that blank that would be just as true as all those other words? And that is the word delivering. We could make that sentence read, our God is 
is a delivering God. Let's say that together. Our God is a delivering God. And that's what I want us to think about tonight. So if you'll open your Bible to the book of Psalms, I want us briefly to look at five different passages of Scripture in the Psalms. And in each of these, we will find the word delivered. In other words, God has delivered His people from this or from that or from something that they were going through in their life. And so I want us to look at this very interesting. Begin in Psalms. Psalm 18. Psalm number 18. David was writing this psalm, and he talked about how God had delivered him from some enemies in his life who were trying to do him harm, who were actually trying to kill him. And in Psalm 18 and in verse number 17, David said, He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place and delivered me because he delighted in me. And so David is looking back on a time in his life when people were trying to destroy his life, trying to kill him, and he had prayed about it, and God came through, God delivered him, and he's thanking God for that deliverance. Now go to Psalm 34. This is another psalm that David wrote, and this is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, and certainly in the book of Psalms. Psalm number 34, and in verse number 4. Psalm 34, verse 4, David said, I sought the Lord... And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And so David was saying that he had some fears in his life. We don't know what all those might have been, but he was concerned about them. He didn't want his life to be wrapped up with fears. He didn't want to live in that bondage. So he prayed about it, and God delivered him from those fears. Now go a few pages over to Psalm 54. And in Psalm 54, if you'll look down in verse number 7... David is talking, and notice what he says in verse 7. He says, For he has delivered me out of all trouble. So God now has delivered David from his enemies, from his fears, and now he's saying, He's also delivered me from all the trouble that I had in my life. And now go to Psalm 107, just a few pages over. Psalm 107 is a, is a long psalm, but it's a great psalm. And down in verse number 6, This is a psalm we're not quite sure who might have written this, but notice what it says. Psalm 107, verse 6. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of all their distresses. And so they were distressed. They were uptight. They were worried. They were anxious, and they prayed about it, and God delivered them from those types of anxiety. And then in Psalm 116, this will be the last one we look at, Psalm 116, and in verse number 8, this is a tremendous psalm, and notice what the psalmist says in verse number 8, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from from falling. And so as we just read through the Psalms, we discover that God is a delivering God. He rescues us. He sets us free. That word delivering literally means to be snatched away from. And so here's a person who has fear, or here's a person who has an enemy, or here's a person who has trouble, here's a person who's distressed, here's a person who's about to face death, and they're afraid, and they seek the Lord, and they pray for mercy and salvation. And what does God do? God 
delivers us, God rescues us, and God sets us free. And so what I want to say tonight at the beginning of this message, not only is our God a loving, kind, faithful, patient, merciful, forgiving God, but our God is also a delivering God. And tonight, God has the same power to deliver you, to deliver me from whatever we might need deliverance from that he did back in Bible times. If you have your bulletin tonight, I wish you'd turn over to the back where I have the sermon notes. I printed up far more material than I normally would print up, but I just wanted to put this on paper and look at what I've said in the introduction. God is a deliverer. Say that with me. God is a deliverer. Say it by yourselves. And then notice the next sentence. He delivers us from things that could destroy our lives. All of us have things from time to time, hopefully not all the time, but we have those seasons in our lives where people, things, circumstances come into our lives that could absolutely destroy us. And I give some examples. Things like sin, guilt, fear, anxiety, doubt, alcoholism, drug addiction, envy, jealousy, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, a judgmental spirit, a heavy heart, discouragement, and depression. More than likely, you need to be delivered. Now, I'm not saying necessarily that everybody in this church house tonight needs to be delivered from one of those things, and you may be delivered from something I haven't even mentioned tonight. But I know this, if David found himself through his life, nobody has loved God more than David loved God. And yet David said, there were times in my life where fear held me captive. There were times in my life where enemies threatened to destroy me. There were times in my life when trouble was more than I can bear. And yet David said, as I look back on those times in my life, I'm able to say that God every single time came through for me and God delivered me. And if David were speaking to us tonight, David would say, you need to understand that the God who saved you and the God who has indwelt you through the person of the Holy Spirit, He has the power to deliver you and rescue you from anything that might have you in bondage. Now, there are three statements I want to make tonight about deliverance, because I believe there are people here tonight who need to be delivered, and God is in the business of delivering people just like He's in the business of saving people. And the first thing I would say is this, God is the source of deliverance. God is the source of deliverance, not another person. God may use another person to help you get delivered, but God himself is the source. There may be other channels to that river, but God is the headwaters. He is the source of the river. Notice what David said. You don't have to just remember it in Psalm 34. He said, I sought the Lord and He delivered me from all my fears. And so whatever it is tonight that you need to be delivered from, remember this, God is the source, not a doctor. God may use a doctor, but that doctor is not the source, not a friend, not a a medication. God may use friends. God may use medications, but the source of deliverance is God himself. David said, I sought the Lord. That word sought is a strong verb, and it has with the idea to ask, to to inquire of, to request from, to implore, to, to, to seek after. To, so he said, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all fears. And so tonight, as we come into this prayer and praise service, we're mindful that God, whatever our bondage may be, God is the source of deliverance. Now, the second thing that's very important that we understand, and that is sometimes deliverance is immediate. And sometimes it is gradual. 
Sometimes a person will be in some, have something they need to be delivered from, and they, maybe they struggle with it or have that for a long time, but there comes a point where they just get with God, and they put that in God's hands, and the deliverance is immediate. It happens just like that. I can remember when I first came on the staff of this church in 1995, June of 1995, and I'd been here for about two or three or four weeks when we took our very first youth camp to East Texas Baptist University in Marshall, Texas. And so it was a good timing for me because I was getting to know the students, getting to know some of the adult workers. And I never will forget, on the Sunday night at the old location before we left for that camp on the next Monday morning, I was preaching that sermon, and I gave the invitation just like we normally would. If anybody needs to get saved, come get saved. If anybody wants to make another, join the church, come down. If you want to pray for youth camp, whatever. And so we gave the invitation. Some people came. One man came walking down this aisle right here. I didn't know him. Or maybe I had barely met him, but I really didn't have a, much of a relationship with him at that time. And he told me his name, and he said, John, I've come tonight to pray that God will deliver me from something. And I said, well, let's pray about it. What do you need to be delivered from? He said, I need to be delivered from cigarettes. He said, I've been smoking cigarettes, and I can't remember if it was 25 years or 30 years and how many packs of cigarettes he had smoked today. But he said, God has convicted me. This is not good for my health. It's not good for any part of my life. And I don't, God does not want me living like this anymore. And he said, but the reason I'm coming forward tonight to pray for God to deliver me from this is that this week I'm going to be a sponsor at youth camp, and I think smoking is against the rules. And I said to him, it is against the rules, and we're going to be roommates, and so I hope you do quit the smoking before we go. And so we prayed. It was the most, I guess at that time, that man was 52, 53, 54 years old, maybe 55 at that no, He probably wouldn't have been early 50s. And we prayed, and he just said in his own words, God, I don't ever want to smoke another cigarette again. And I'm asking you to deliver me from this. The desire to smoke, the, the obsession with cigarettes, I'm asking you to deliver me from this. That was in June of 1995. Here we are in November of 2018, 23 and a half years later, into the glory of God, that man has not smoked a cigarette in this many years. He hadn't had a desire to smoke a cigarette because God just delivered him, and God just took that off of him. Now, I've known other people who, whether it was cigarettes or whether it was drinking alcohol or something they wanted to be delivered of, and they prayed, and their deliverance wasn't that immediate. Maybe it took time. Maybe it was gradual. I have an uncle who used to smoke, and he got convicted he needed to quit smoking. And so he, he swapped out his cigarettes for M&Ms. And every time he wanted to smoke a cigarette, he started eating M&Ms. And in time, through that process, he stopped smoking. He gained about 25 pounds, but he stopped, he stopped smoking. But looking back, he probably really didn't gain that much. But looking back on that... His deliverance was a gradual deliverance, but it was nonetheless a real deliverance. Now, as I was thinking about this tonight and thinking about all the things that everybody here tonight might need to be delivered from, I would say two things about these two different methods of deliverance. Never discount the immediate deliverance from God. In other words, if you've come in here tonight and say, I've been smoking for 50 years, or I've been, I've been doing, uh, drinking alcohol, or I've been addicted to this, or I've been whatever that, or I've been, I've been this way for so long, never discount God, the, the ability to God to, uh, of God to immediately deliver you. And to think, friend, God, the clock says 626, by 7 o'clock tonight, you, it is possible 
whether it's something I've mentioned or more of the fear and anxiety or some of those, whatever it is that has you in bondage, bondage is bondage. I don't think the devil cares what we're in bondage with as long as we're in bondage. I don't think the devil cares about what's messing us up as long as something is messing us up. And I'm telling you tonight, anything that might be messing you up, God has the power to deliver you from that tonight in just in a split second. I can think of things in my life I've never had the smoking or the drinking, but some things God's delivered me of. And one of the things that I've shared before, I used to doubt and worry about whether I was saved for so many years. And not only worry about that, worried about everything. And then when I didn't have anything to worry about, I worried about that I didn't have anything to worry about. Just worry. Just a worrier. And uh, there came a day for me with that worrying about whether I was saved after I had struggled with that, prayed about that, done everything I knew to do about that. But there just came a day many years ago when God just, just like that, He just lifted it off of me. Just like the heavy cloud, just gone. And I've been walking in freedom ever since from that. And so what I'm saying is never discount God's ability to immediately deliver you from something. And second thing I would say is don't get frustrated if God chooses to deliver you gradually. That's God's business. How he delivers you is his business. That he will deliver you is a promise if you will trust him to do that. And that leads me to the last little thought. I want to just share this with you tonight before we get on in the, uh, in the praying and more of the prayer service and praise time. But think about this. Deliverance happens when we take a step of faith and obedience. If you're here tonight and you're thinking, I need to be delivered John, it's something you printed in that bulletin. It's something you've already said. Or maybe it's something that you haven't said, but you know what you need to be delivered from. And I'm telling you, God has power and God is willing and God may choose to deliver you. You may walk out of here tonight at 7 o'clock and you say, I've never felt so free in all my life. Well, if you feel that way, it's because you've never been so free in all your life. God will have set you free. But he does that when we take a step of faith and when we take a step of obedience. Now, let me just reference a passage of scripture. You don't need to turn there, but let me reference it. In Luke chapter 17, we read about these 10 men who had leprosy. And back in Bible times, leprosy was a real problem. And if you had leprosy, you were considered unclean. You couldn't go to the temple to worship. You really couldn't be around people because it was highly contagious disease. And you just kind of lived in the, you were an outcast if you had leprosy. And yet one day, these 10 men heard that Jesus was, was in the area. And they knew that Jesus had been healing people who were sick, and they believed Jesus had the power to heal leprosy, even though nobody else really could. And so they went to Jesus one day, and in Luke chapter 17, we read that they said, when they saw Jesus from a little bit of a distance, they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They were asking Jesus to heal them of their leprosy. And in the very next verse, it says that in response to that request, Jesus said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, that's a strange thing that Jesus said, because in Bible times, you would only go and show yourself to the priest after you had been healed of leprosy, and the priest would confirm your healing. And so for somebody who still had leprosy to go to the priest... That, would, that doesn't even make sense, and yet that's what Jesus told them to do. And so they get, 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 get this in your mind. Here are these lepers. They go to Jesus, and they say, please heal us of our leprosy. You would think Jesus would say, your faith has made you whole. They look down, leprosy be gone. You would think Jesus would have said, you're healed. 
Or you would have think Jesus would have just gone over maybe and touched them and the leprosy would have all disappeared. They could have looked down and after they had looked down and seen that their skin was clear and all the leprosy was gone, then Jesus would have said, now, go show yourselves to the priest so that he can confirm your healing. But what I want you to see is Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priest while they still had leprosy. Had I been one of those ten men, I mean, I think I would have done whatever Jesus said, but... And probably you would have too. But I have to say this. If Jesus had said that to me and I still had leprosy, I might would have been tempted to say, Lord, I'll do anything you tell me to do. But before I go show myself to the priest, I'd appreciate if you're going to heal me of this leprosy. And if you'll heal me of this leprosy, then I'll leave here and go to Jerusalem and show myself to the priest. Now, I don't think I would have said that to Jesus, but I think I might have been thinking that. But when Jesus said to those men, go show yourselves to the priest, The Bible says that upon that command from Jesus, they turned away from him, they headed to Jerusalem, and in Luke 17 and verse 14, one of the greatest verses in all the New Testament, it says this, as they went, they were healed. Say that with me. As they went, they were healed. In other words, as they took a step of faith, as they took a step of obedience, as they did the thing that Jesus told them to do, that's when they were healed. What I want to say to you tonight, whatever it may be that has you in bondage, emotional bondage, mental bondage, physical bondage, financial bondage, moral bondage, whatever it is tonight that may have you in bondage, if you will do the thing that Jesus has told you to do, you will put yourself in a position to be delivered. It may be immediately. It may be gradually. You say, well, John, be a little more clear before we have our prayer and praise time. What is it that Jesus has told me to do? Well, what Jesus has told all of us to do with anything that would have us in bondage is to bring that thing to Jesus, put it in his hands through prayer, and then to trust him with it by taking our hands off of it. You say, well, that just sounds a little bit too simple. That, I, that I'm going to take this thing that's been having me bound and discouraged and distressed and troubled and, for all, and I'm going to just put it in his hands tonight. That's what you're telling me to do. And then I'm going to just trust him with it. That's what you're telling me to do. Friend, that's not what I'm telling you to do. That's what I'm telling you God has told all of us to do. In Philippians chapter 4, what does it say? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank him for his answers. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm saying to you tonight, whether it happens in the next half hour, whether it happens tomorrow morning, whether it happens next week, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know this, that thing that you want to be delivered from, if you will put that in the hands of Jesus and trust Him with it, you can rest assured that deliverance is on the way because our God is a delivering God. You believe that? Say amen. Well, we're out of time, so we're going to have to stop right there. But we still have a couple of minutes left. So I want you to think about that thing in your life that you need to be delivered from. For some of you, it may be an addiction of some kind, either to alcohol or drugs or or pornography or to gambling or something like that. For others today, you may need to be delivered from something totally different. Maybe, as I mentioned in that sermon, maybe for you it's doubt or fear about the future or anxiety or stress or feeling overwhelmed by it all. And you just think, I need to be delivered from this. 
Friend, if I have learned anything in my life, and if I am still learning anything in my life, it is simply this. God is willing and able to deliver us from anything and everything we go through if we will put it in His hands, and then if we will trust Him with it. I think of that verse in Philippians chapter 4, verses uh, 6 and 7, where Paul said, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friend, it is God's will for you to be at peace. Anxiety, stress, an overactive mind, none of that's God's will. God wants to deliver you from that, and He will deliver you if you'll put it in His hands today in prayer. And then if you will begin to trust Him and thank Him that He is delivering you. One of the things that I told our people that night at the very end of that service, I said, after we give something to God, we have to receive it by faith. And so if you ask God to deliver you from something, you have to say, God, by faith, I receive and I claim my deliverance. That's how we got saved. We ask God to save us, and then we receive that salvation by faith. That's how we have to live our whole Christian life. We pray about something, and we receive it by faith. So today, friend, put those burdens in God's hand. Receive it by faith and call yourself set free and delivered.